Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordell. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I.co for more information. Your adventure awaits. Hey guys, what's up? On this episode, we are going to talk about um, the four horsemen. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yes. And so there was a guy, uh, he's still alive, I'm assuming. Is he still alive? John Gottman? Okay. So there is a guy named John Gottman. Um, So if you go to therapy school, you learn a lot about him because he was kind of the master of predicting divorce. He studied um, marriages and uh, his accuracy in in predicting uh, if a relationship would last was extremely high. It was like 90 something percent. And so he created um, this little, I don't know if it's a template, but the, 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 he calls it the four, oh, it's the apocalypse, the four. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yes. So the four horsemen of the apocalypse is, um, is, is a biblical reference that heralds the end of the world. Mm. So for John Gottman. That's a little dramatic. The four, but it's so fucking true. The, the four horsemen of the apocalypse herald the end of a relationship. And I, and I, I honest to God, it's so spot on. When these four things start yeah. showing up in your relationship, you need to fix it, work on it, or the thing is going to end. Yes, 100%. So we're going to go over the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um and it's just great to know this because uh, a lot of people, we, we kind of know it, but it's in the back of our head. And when we're in a relationship, we forget so fast, you know, oh, and so yeah. we're, 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 and especially if you're in pain, you know, when you, when you're, when you're in a relationship and things aren't going well and, and you're subject to it, you know, like John and I are both relationship based professionals. I'm a sexologist. He's a marriage and family therapist. And yeah. when things are going south in my own relationships, all bets are off. I'm a complete psychopath, you know, and I know this stuff. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because I think um, a lot of people uh, who see therapists and relationship dating coaches think that we are quote unquote perfect in relationships. And it's totally not true. Um, we are also, we also have triggers. We also have, uh, it's because, you know, when feelings come into play, um, everything that you know and everything you you studied uh, kind of goes goes out the window. Well, it's your life, you know, it's like you can be really great at your job and still be going through stuff on your own. Yeah. I always make that reference that, um, um, is it Phil Jackson? I'm not a big sports guy, but Phil Jackson could take the Lakers to playoffs, right? But he can't necessarily throw free throws like Kobe. So uh, just because you're a coach doesn't mean that uh, you're a master at whatever you're coaching, right? Yes. You're good at helping people. You're good at helping people. Yes. And that's why coaches need coaches. Right. Do as I say, not as I do. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so let's go over this. All right. So the four horsemen of the cocklips, I'll, I'll tell you what they are and then we'll get into them. Mm-hmm. So... The first one is criticism, then there's contempt, then there's defensiveness, and then there is emotional stonewalling. Yeah. So let's take them one by one. So criticism, this isn't just, you know, feedback or or talking about things or bringing up something that you'd like to work on. Criticism is when you're like actually cutting your partner down to their core. And just getting at stuff in kind of a nasty, gnarly way. So I, so criticism, criticism can actually be healthy, right? It, it's not. It's so for me, it's it's this idea of assassinating one's character. 
Um, so, for example, you know, me being a writer, uh, relationships I've been in in the past, I would ask them to read my writing or my screenplay, and I would generally want criticism on that. Right. But not necessarily on my character. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I think a good example is like if if your partner is running late and they don't call you. And, you know, a healthy way to express that is to say, hey, I'm so glad you're home. When you don't call me, I feel nervous, sad, scared that, like, perhaps something has happened to you. I feel disappointed that we missed our dinner date. That's a really healthy way to express feelings. Yeah, just real quick. I love – so what she said is I feel. So bringing it back to you instead of you are. Uh-huh. So I think that's the difference. If yeah. you're like, hey, that action that you did made me feel this way, mm-hmm. um, I think that's fair and I think that's healthy. Yep. But if you're like, that action that, that you did makes you an idiot – don't ever fucking do it again. Like that is criticism. That is assessing character. That is, you and, know. And that's good. So an example of, of negative criticism would be, you never do this. This is always okay, your right. fault. You know, we had agreed on this. In general, don't use never or always. Yeah. People use that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's hard. And because, yeah. you know, in, in the, and the interesting thing, the way that I like to think about relationships is you have two people, right? You have person one and person two. Each person is mutually responsible for this little baby relationship. You have to keep it alive. So what's the outcome you want? The outcome you want is to maintain the relationship, is to feel good, is to feel healthy, is to feel happy. If you're coming at this with guns blazing, you know, you're going to kill the relationship. So that's the first one, criticism. Next one? Yep. The next one is contempt. And these go hand in hand. Yeah. Contempt and criticism are really similar. Yeah. But contempt is, as John described, character assassination, name calling, yeah. um, derision, sneering, mocking someone, you know, cry me a river, that type stuff. Um, man, if you're watching this, one word to never use, even if you're joking, is starts with an F. It's fat. Fat? Yeah. Fat. Fat. I think with, um, well, it depends on, you know, the relationship. I think that would apply for any kind of gender identification. You would never, why would you ever call a partner? I think, I think a lot of, um, in heterosexual relationships, I think a lot of men joke around and you, and use the word a lot. Uh, just because of our society and the, li- and the world that we live in, I think women um, like you. It just they. It's such a sensitive, and they internalize and etc. So. Yeah, don't name call. Let's just make that a rule. Please don't call people names, any names. Yeah. Whether it's sure. fat. I mean, I can think of a lot of words that mention. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But just being just be growing up in locker rooms and um, growing up in, um, you know, the, the fitness space, growing up in, um, frater- you know, being in a fraternity, all that. It's just that's the one word that people throw around, I think, way too much. I think uh, generally men, I mean, everyone. But, yeah. You know. And I mean, that's that points to a larger conversation about yeah. how we value bodies. But let's sure. do that podcast next week. Sure. All right. Cool. Um, so contempt, name calling, ridicule. It, it it cuts the other person. And in the way you need to think about it is your behavior inflicts wounds. Every time you engage one of these behaviors, you're inflicting a wound on the other person, whether it's gaslighting, contempt, you know, and then your partner is like literally 
bleeding emotionally and eventually they die so yeah and you can't take the words back once you say them they've you know <laughs> once you, you can't say just kidding right no you're an idiot just kidding <laughs> yeah no it doesn't it doesn't work that way so yeah. you're 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 basically delivering blows to the relationship and if you deliver enough blows there's going to be a death blow one day so the next uh, horseman of the apocalypse, according to Gottman, is defensiveness. Mm. So this is common. This, this is, is everyone. Super common. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yesterday I wrote a post, kind of as a lead into this conversation, um, because uh, you know I think that something that's really unique about our digital age is that people have um, unprecedented access to view their partner's behavior and interactions with other people. So um, this creates an environment where people are getting naturally suspicious of their partners and who they might be talking to, who they might be engaging with online. If you're tagging somebody in posts, if you're liking everything they do, if you're following them on Instagram, you get suspicious. So when somebody brings up a behavior in a relationship that they're not comfortable with, your natural inclination, inclination is to deflect is to be defensive, mm -hmm. is to say, it's not me, you're crazy. Yeah. And there you just did two of the horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> that was defensiveness and name calling. Yeah, I like this um, this uh, this one, uh, I don't know if it's a tip or whatever, I, I, I try to live by it, it's difficult, but it's uh, always try to understand before trying to be understood. And I think that um, our defensiveness comes from us tying whether we're right or wrong to our worth, mm -hmm. uh, we are usually thinking about how to defend our position or opinion or whatever while the other person is still talking. So, um, you know, take it out of the courtroom and just um, listen, put your shield down, try to understand. Uh, that being said, you, you do have a right to your own opinion, but I think that uh, most people are very reactive and they defend and, they, and, they're, and, and when you're doing this, you're not allowing, you're not hearing the other person. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and really, you know, when your partner is coming to you with something that you might feel defensive about, what your partner is saying to you in using different words is, I'm in pain. Mm -hmm. I'm in pain. I'm scared. I feel threatened. And if your partner came to you and just directly said, I'm in pain, I feel scared, I feel threatened, you would say, oh my God, you know, how can I help you? What do you need? What, what happened? What's wrong? But instead they're going to say, you know, who is this chick? You know, who is that guy? Who is this person? And your reaction might be to be defensive. Right. Yep. The digital age, folks, here we are. Um, so moving on from defensiveness uh, is emotional stonewalling. Yeah. And emotional stonewalling, in my opinion, is the most damaging of all of the horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. So first describe what uh, that looks like, emotional stonewalling. Emotional stonewalling is when one person withdraws from the relationship and refuses to communicate mm -hmm. or to participate emotionally. So this is, you know, as I, as I described death blows being issued, this is where you leave your partner on the ground and they're just bleeding out. So I, when this happens, I, um, I feel like they left a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is literally what happens yeah. is that is one person leaves the relationship. You don't have to physically move out to leave a relationship. You could just turn off your emotional faucet and you've now left, I think. You know? Yeah. So, so let, let's take a scenario. You know, somebody um, doesn't call their partner 
on the way home because they're, you know, they're running late, misses dinner. Um, that partner is uh, upset and doesn't do a really good job at all of, of expressing their upsetness and says, you know, you were late, you always do this, you didn't call, so that person's engaging in criticism, um, perhaps a little bit of contempt, you know, tossed in there. The partner who comes home engages in the other two horsemen of the apocalypse and says, you're crazy, you always do this, you overreact, you know, so there's defensiveness yeah. and criticism and contempt right there. And then that person shuts down, slams the door, walks out of the room. That's emotional stonewalling. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, this is common. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of, mo I don't want to say most, but I know that just me coaching people, um, this is how people fight. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And it gets nasty. And 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 each time that you're you're engaging in these behaviors, you're delivering death blows to the relationship. If you're not responding to text messages, if you're not responding to emails, if you're not responding to phone calls, if you're not responding to your partner saying in so many words, I'm in pain, help me, love me, pay attention to me, by shutting down emotionally, you are killing that relationship. Yeah, and this is not just intimate relationships. Um, this also yeah, oh, applies yeah. to friendships. This also applies to you know the relationship you have with your family, your parents, Etc. So, um, but here's the thing, just because, I mean, these are red flags, but uh, just because you spot these doesn't mean to suddenly, uh, you know, uh, terminate the relationship. I think um, after you spot these, the, 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 there's a space to actually have a conversation about them, yeah. right? To, for people to be aware. Right. And, and, and being able to name them, being able to point to this technique, being able to say, hey, you know, this is um, a relationship theory that I learned about. There are these things called the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. I think that we do them to each other. I want to be better. I want you to feel better. I want me to feel better. I think we can partner better. Um, let's take a look at it and, and start to figure out, you know, how we can change our language and our responses to each other so that we survive. Yeah, and I think um, if someone then doesn't want to change, that's the bigger red flag. Hmm. Because then there's nothing to, well, there's no room to grow or to, you know. Um, it's not about seeing things in your relationships uh, that uh, that scare you or that are, you know, red flags or that, that you don't like. I think, um, because I don't want people to suddenly be breaking up with people because they spot these, because no one's perfect, you know. Uh, Noelle does all four of these almost every day. So, totally. Especially in her friendships. Um, but being aware of them and then starting the conversation, I think that's the value. It's not taking this black light to your relationship and, 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 and you know, trying to find the cracks. Um, it's being aware of these things. And then I also think that the process of having this conversation with your partner can actually make you guys closer. Oh yeah. You know, as people are, as people are owning them. Oh yeah. I mean there 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 is nothing um, that creates intimacy more than one partner going to the other and saying, I want to do a better job of loving you. Yeah. I want to do a better job of bringing my best self to the relationship every day. You know, what can I do to make your day better? What can I do to make your life better? I want to kind of end with uh, this thing that uh, Noelle uh, and I were talking about a couple of weeks ago. And um, it's this one question. Uh, and she just said it. How can I make your day better? Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself... Man, I, you know, I personally don't ask um, people that, but, uh, but like, you know, how many times in relationships do you get asked that? Like, that's the angle. That's where they pull from is, um, how can I make your day better? I think in relationships, it's the other way where you're like, okay, how can you make my day better? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and coming at, you know, 
and, and possibly because we're both relationship professionals, but, you know, when you look at other people from the perspective of, you know, their day is hard, they have their own map of the world, and, you know, what's a gift that we can all give each other is the environment that we create for each yeah, other. Yeah, the space. The space, yeah. and, and acting with kindness, acting with generosity, it's actually an applied positive intervention, and you will, it's a dual gift. You give yourself the gift of this boost, positivity and then you give your partner this gift of feeling loved seen understood appreciated and i just want to remind you guys just because you're pulling from how could i make your day better doesn't mean you're losing yourself it doesn't mean that you put your life aside and no. you're suddenly you know uh, subservient or you're you know it it's it's the balance it, it's just a place where you pull from right it's um it's having that in your intention yeah. Right. And it's usually really little stuff. Like, yeah. you know, if John asks me, how can I make your day better? My answer is 99% of the time coffee. If you, mm, if you... Right. Well, or <laughs> cash. You... She says cash a lot. And I'm like, you know, I, I could do the other, I could do the other C word coffee, but I don't know about cash. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get there. Yeah. But she's absolutely yeah. right. I, I really think the little things are the big things. Mm -hmm. Um, when, when someone says, you know, it could backfire. It's like, how can I make your day better if the other person is trying to fix your life? Okay, we're going to get you a new job. I mean, it's then it's overwhelming. It's like, no, I don't want that. It's like, can you just hear me for, for a few minutes? Yep. Can you pick me up lunch? Um, yep. That's a really great reminder, I think, also in relationships is um, the little things are like the dark thing um, that is separate from both of you guys, but includes both of you guys, and you have to keep raising it. Mm -hmm. Guys, uh, happy Friday, and uh, thanks for listening. I want to remind you again, it's not about how many times you fight. It's about how you fight. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's another thing I think is it's a great misconception. Like, a lot of times I'll get uh, I'll do a session, and they're very discouraged because they fight all the time. Mm -hmm. And I always say, listen, okay, that's, that's oh, how do you fight is what I'm interested in, not in how many times you fight, because fighting isn't a bad thing. No, and we should do another podcast on this, but I just want to tell everybody while we're on the topic is that that's a relationship style. There are all different kinds of relationship styles, and yeah. some couples have a dynamic where they're constantly um, – very directly issuing statements towards each other. Mm -hmm. um, it's not bad. It's just reality. Yeah. All right, guys, be well yep. and fight well. Yep. And we will see you next Friday. Yep. Take care. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast brought to you by Journey. If you'd like to learn more about what you've heard on today's show, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O and request more information about the Catalyst Life Coaching Intensive, or just keep in touch. 